Bulls on Parade podcast by the Underground Run Club, powered by Matt Black. Blake Spooner. Dan Wags. Is that too into it? <laughs> no, nah, that's, that's our good. names. How are you? Very well, mate. How are you? Fantastic. How good is this? Your pad? This is my pad. Yeah, your pad's good. Couch conversations. Mate, I've, I've been in real estate in the Shire for three years now and never did I think that I'd, I'd be at a place where you can see Jibbin out one window and then <laughs> Kernel Point out the other. <laughs> the penthouse is legit. Yeah, and you select for you to get to come in here, mate. Far out. Yeah, Five bedrooms in an apartment. <laughs> Yeah, it's a, it is one of the most unique uh, properties on the South Granola Peninsula. Legit. Yeah. I thought I'd seen it all. Here we are. <laughs> anyway, can't wait to sell it. <laughs> <laughs> if only I owned it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, how's your day been? What's going on? Just real estate. Good real day. Estate, yeah. um, trained with Till this morning. Who's Till? Till, my wife, my beautiful wife. Yeah. Shout out to Till. Yeah. Obviously, everyone knows who Till's is. Everyone knows who Till's is. She's the one in the run club with the great bum and the big, the big rock on her finger. <laughs> I thought you were going down another path with that. <laughs> big rock on her finger. Yeah. That's Tills. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great day. Awesome, mate. Where'd yeah. you train this morning? Rhino. Plug. Yeah. Plug for Rhino. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I'll back that. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. I know a few people that train down there. Great environment, great atmosphere, mm. great trainers. Mm. All of the above. Yeah. This is not a paid plug either. I just seriously back them. Nothing Nothing in this podcast is paid. No. This is just mates getting around mates. That's it. Yeah. Uh, mate, let's just dive straight into it. So we've got, um, for those that haven't listened to any episodes yet and might just want to tune in to listen to the Spoonman talk, we're, talk, we're doing about 30 minutes to 45 minutes if we can keep everything squeezed into that with you and I, how much we love to talk. Fuck, we should have got some scotch. I can pour us a couple of scotches. Do you want to have a scotch? Yeah, I'll have a scotch. Yeah, let's have a scotch. (laughs) Will that fuck up the timing and stuff? No, no, I'll just cut it out. Yeah, mad. I'll leave this in though. Yeah, sweet. (laughs) Okay, one second. Pause. (laughs) Why didn't we figure that earlier? (laughs) (laughs) Do you drink neat? Yeah. Nice it is. Static. Yeah, man. This is so Joe Rogan. <laughs> you know, I love hearing Joe Rogan when like they they'll be talking and then like the microphones will come away from the mouth and you hear like the click 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 click. Yeah. Cheers. Like him sparking up a joint or something. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, right. mate. Cheers. Bit of scotch. So yeah, let's start straight into it, mate. As we uh, have a sip on our little scotchy watchy. Spicy beverage. Where are you from? Uh, Menai. Menai. South Bankstown. South Bankstown. Yep. Um, I think I used that joke last week with Ben Dutton too. Did you? He's from Warrenora. Mate, he's closer to Cronulla than me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. The swamp. <laughs> <laughs> but low key, cracker bloke. Well, you fucking Fantastic legend. guy. Yeah. And I love this podcast too. It was great to hear the big man speak. Mm. Bollard. <laughs> Benny Bollard. Uh, yeah, grew up in Menai. All Be- your life? Born, born and raised? Born and raised in Menai. Moved to Kirawee when I was six, uh, 14. 14 Kirawee with my old man. Yep. Um, and then 
moved around a little bit when I moved out of home. Carring Bar at 19, Cronulla at 21, Ranwick 23 to 24. No, 22 to 24 and back to Cronulla. Yeah, cool. So you moved around a little bit. A little bit. What was your favourite suburb? Cronulla. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, Ranwick was mad. Is Cronulla your favourite because I sleep over there? The apartment? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so we still got that lounge. <laughs> Have you steam cleaned it? No. Why would I do that? <laughs> Defeats the purpose of it smelling like you. Yeah. Love that. But yeah, Cronulla. Awesome. And then in three weeks, Carringbar. Tilly and I just bought a house, so. Amazing, Plug to the house. <laughs> Carringbar Road. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. You play any sports growing up? Soccer. Soccer? Soccer and golf. Okay. Soccer, golf, and lawn bowls, actually, <laughs> right. and a bit of boxing. My parents always my my parents and my my grand my grandpa in particular. Yep. I was a trouble kid. Okay. Heaps of energy. That's so odd. So odd. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. And I and I was a great talker from a very young age. Yeah, well, so my parents always tried to keep me active and doing everything. Yep. Pop was get, getting me into golf. All right, I'll keep him distracted by getting him into lawn bowls. Um, so when I was young, I was pretty handy at golf. Pre-school, like pre-going to school. Like in so like, No, like when I was four, th- uh, four, five, sort of six, I was quite good at golf. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's Jarvis's age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, but yeah, majority of my life, soccer. All right. When did you stop playing that? Uh, 19. Right. And now, seeing as Testosterone a- kicked in. <laughs> yeah. My dad was sick of me trying to fight everyone. <laughs> On the field. On the field. <laughs> Troublemaker, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, probably 18, 19. But I actually, no, I got really, really heavy into work. Right. So I started an apprenticeship when I was 16. I thought you were just going to stop after heavy. Heavy into. Really, really heavy. Into <laughs> sips the scotch, work. Yeah. <laughs> and I got really heavy into work. So by the time I was 18, I was a third year apprentice going on four, four, fourth year apprentice. Plumber. Plumber. Mm. So did you, did you finish your apprenticeship? I did. I finished my trade. Okay. First thing I finished in my whole life. So you know how to clean the besides a, few, besides a few URC races. I finished a few of those. <laughs> but academically, my um, my plumbing apprenticeship was the, the only thing I've completed. Yeah, right. Okay. So talk to me. Uh, so we've got growing up, where you've moved to and from, plumbing apprenticeship, yeah. sport. Yeah. I want to spend a bit more time today on obviously what you do now. And yeah. I know that you come from uh, a pretty, I guess, entrepreneurial family. Uh, obviously, your sister Jade's had some amazing success. Mm. Looking at what you're doing now uh, with Matt Black Property, um, platinum sponsor for 2023 of the URC. 100%. Uh, but, mate, let's talk about your transition from a timeline from plumbing into real estate. Because I know you did a bit of real estate over in the East, didn't you? I did. I was working in the Eastern suburbs for two years. Okay. So I got into real estate in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, 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 sorry. No, I was 21. Sorry, I've got my numbers confused. I was 21. I got into real estate in 2016. Okay, right. Um, and I was in the Shire, living in the Shire. I was living in Cronulla by myself. I had a one-bedroom apartment. And, um, and I went through a bit of a bad time, getting on the gear a lot, drinking a lot, yep. tradey life. Yep, yep. Start on Friday, finish Monday morning. And it was like that for about a year. Um, Completely unsustainable. Unsustainable. And it was very, very heavy. It was pretty much every single weekend, three, four days in a row for about six months. And then it just sort of snapped. And I was like, no, I can't be doing this anymore. And yeah, always. 
what was it? Was it just more that you were just it was an unsustainable way to live, or did you have any thoughts around like this is not the type of person that I am or who I want to be, or what? What was it that clicked? Yeah, all of that. I, I, the the career that I was in, I was fantastic at, and I loved it, but it wasn't me, mm-hmm. and there was something missing. Yeah, and then so even though I was good at what I was doing in plumbing, I, I just I never felt like I was myself. Yeah, the escape was the weekend. Yeah, okay. you know what I mean. So I'd get to the weekend, I'd escape from not Reality not again. really liking what my future was. Yeah. I'd get fucked up. So I, my future doesn't exist when I'm fucked up. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and then I sort of snapped to when I was about 20, 21 and real estate was always in the back. A lot of people say that when they're in this real estate, oh, look, I was always thinking about doing it. But my dad was a real estate agent right. and he was like, he was a, he was a bit of a hero. You know what I mean? Like I always looked at him as a hero, shiny car, yep. really well dressed. Everyone knew him and liked him and I always wanted to be that guy. Doesn't sound too dissimilar. No, not too dissimilar at all. Yeah, yeah. And dad was a fantastic people person. Yeah. When I was in plumbing, I was a really, really hard worker and I started to study the, the art of real estate and I knew that the more that I learned from real estate agents that were hyper successful, they were very, very hard workers. So as I was transitioning and starting to do research into what I wanted to do in the next stage of my life, um, I put two and two together if I can work as hard as I do at plumbing in something that I'm passionate about, which is property and people, I can be, I, I, I can be very successful and also very happy. I think that's an amazing way to look at it because, you know, going back to what you were saying before, it was completely relatable to, I guess, a transition I went through with just doing something that you weren't passionate about, being pretty good at it. Mm. Um, obviously, being a, a, a trade, you know, generally, you know, when we apply ourselves to things like plumbing or carpentry or whatever, yeah, we tend to go okay at it. Um, yeah, it was the same sort of thing, but it just wasn't fulfilling me. Mm. Uh, and then making that transition into something where I was like, well, you know what, I'm going to work hard at something that I love, mm. and try and make a career out of that. Yeah, it sort of seems to make more sense. Hundred percent. And seeing and discussing with a lot of people, I guess now who I look at some of my friends that I went to high school with, and they didn't make that transition when they were in their early twenties, and they're still doing the same thing, but fucking hate it. Hate it. Yeah. And there's all they say to themselves now: it's it's way too late for me to make a change. Yeah. Um, I personally don't think it's ever too late. I don't think it's ever too late ever. No way. No. Uh, but I mean, even for those young guys that come to the URC now, you know, early 20s, you know, I don't think we've got anyone in their late 20s, but early to mid 20s, like thinking that you have to make your career decision then or now, like mm. no fucking way, you've got so much time. Yeah. But like massive respect to the trade industry mm. and also for what it taught me during that, th- that four year apprenticeship. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be able to run a successful business or be comfortable with people or how to respect people or know how to work with people or how to treat people if I didn't go through a plumbing apprenticeship. Yeah. Because I was a 15-year-old kid. Yeah, so was I. I was 15 when I started my apprenticeship. Like, fuck, I see 15-year-old kids in the street now. I'm like, that's I was a first-year apprentice. I had this Justin Bieber haircut. (laughs) None of my clothes fit me. It was just ridiculous. But I was thrown into – I worked for my next-door neighbour for three years – First year apprentice, a third year apprentice. I finished. I left him at the end of my third year, and he was like a forty year old guy, and he was in business with his dad. So his dad was like seventy. Yeah, right. And I was a fifteen year old kid. Yeah, I learned so much about respect and hard work and shut up and just 
head down and just do what you're told yeah. from those two guys that I think a lot of people lack these days. Yeah. Definitely. Coming straight out of school and getting thrown into an industry. 100%. And I think, I mean, obviously we can go down a massive rabbit hole with this, but I guess the type of technological world that we live in these days uh, in terms of communication and the ability to have a conversation, conversation yeah. it's it's getting increasingly difficult to, to do so. Like I've even in the, the work I'm in at the moment in roofing, we've had a couple of apprentices and work experience kids they're good kids, but mm. like they're just unfortunately they've been, I guess, a, a a subject of their environment for their entire life, and their entire life has been revolved around, you know, being on a screen, digital communication, digital communication, yeah, all that lack of, of emotion, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or like an emotional intelligence, emotional intelligence, intelligence. Yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Which is yep. so important. So important. Especially if you've got a business. Yep. And and all businesses, no matter what it is, is sales. Yes. Everything is sales. 100%. The world is sales. Well, I, I don't know if you remember or not, but I came and did a, 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 a talk and I remember saying that in, it was a talk to a real estate With us? With you. Well, that's how I started running. Yes, yes. Yeah. So we'll get to that. But the, basically it was, you got businesses are in the... We are all in the business of building relationships. Mm. We're not in, you know, you may have your vehicle, which is property. You know, I have my vehicle. I, at the time I had my vehicle, which was the gym or yeah. the run club or, you know, roofing now. But ultimately we are all in the business of building relationships in order for our work life to be successful. Yeah. I, I can't really think off the top of my head any industry or role or, or job that doesn't require you to, you know, be able to build some form of relationship with yeah. at least one person. For sure, um, yeah. And I, I guess particularly with someone like yourself who's in real estate and dealing with people on a day-to-day basis, mm. probably hour to hour or, or even faster than that basis, Yeah, you must be able to communicate. And understand people. Yeah. 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 What, what would you say is key to successful communication for you? With... With with people, oh, like what 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 makes me good at communication yeah, with people? Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. I could have a conversation with anyone. Yeah, no matter who it is, um, no matter what their walk of life. And I think that's another thing. Being a tradie taught me as well. You're on a job site. You've got labourers on the job site to your foreman to your architects to the owners of the house. Yeah, you know what I mean. So when I was a, when I was young and apprentice on a job site, I was I was always having to deal with so many different types of people. Mm-hmm. You got your architects, you got your designers, you got your engineers, you got your owners who were usually super wealthy, which is when, where I did my apprenticeship. We're doing luxury houses and apartments. Yeah. I was going to say, did you do domestic or commercial D- stuff? Both, yeah, okay. both, bit of everything. Yeah. So you're dealing with a- anyone from the bottom to the top. So obviously, I got really really good at communicating with everybody. Because I really, really enjoyed it. And I enjoyed talking to people and learning a little yeah. bit about people. More so people at the top tier because yeah. you want to look like it's super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, I just, I really enjoy talking to people. And what do you think makes a good communicator? Obviously, besides enjoying it, like what, do you, what elements of communication and building relationships do you think are key to being good at it? Yeah. Being able to listen. Yeah. Listen to people as well. Um, especially in my in well, really any industry, also sales mm-hmm. and direct sales. I'm talking yep. direct sales. You're there to solve a problem, yep. and most of the time, 
rather than most salespeople think that they need to talk to be a good salesman. But you're there to solve a problem. So the client will more than likely tell you the problem if you just ask them the right questions and listen to them. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. So to be a good communicator, you don't essentially have to be a fantastic talker. Yeah. Fuck, it helps. But if you can listen really, really well, you can understand what somebody wants. Something called active listening. So yeah. essentially asking a question and then formulating your next question based off that person's response. Yeah, yeah. Wanting to hear the answer. Yeah. Um, by asking them the right question. Yeah. Awesome. Now, look, this is... This is obviously a, a running podcast. We've gone through a little mm. bit about who you are, what you do, about Matt Blake, your transition from tradie to real estate. Now, you just mentioned how you got into the URC. Yeah. I remember that day because I remember you mm. came out with some big smart-ass comment and I thought, who the fuck is this bloke? Oh, what did I say? I can't remember. I, I remember. Said. Yeah, yeah. Do you, rem- you remember that I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but from that day on, I was like, I like this guy. He's confident. He knows what he wants he uh he, he talks well obviously based on what we we're just talking about communication mm. something you enjoy you're very good at um learning like you you and goody were there yeah to teach us about sort of like mental the mental strength and getting yep. through jumping over hurdles and stuff like that running wasn't really like the topic yeah but you were there to talk about mindset yep. really yep. and i was super eager to learn yep. so fucking eager to learn yep. so like everything you said i took in i yep. took it in so much that i ended up going to the 440 the next saturday mm. and started my running like my running running career career flourishing after that yeah yeah mate i remember that was actually yeah quite a way before the urc was born yeah um, it was just a saturday thing it was just a saturday thing mm. that's right now you were one of the earliest members of the URC, I, I think from memory, you may have been member number eight. It's a great number. I think, yeah, it is a good number. Yeah. It's lucky over in lucky China. Out. Yeah, and yeah. also in the pokies of carrying by pub. <laughs> if you double it up. <laughs> yeah. You talk about the trading life. You've had a few lucky eights in there. <laughs> Highfield Central at carrying by pub. Yeah. We're not talking about Highfield, yeah. by the way. No, no, no. About coyotes. Yeah, coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that that's yeah, that's right. Before it was a, a it was URC. It was just meet here at four thirty and just fucking run, just rip just run. In. Yeah. yeah, that was like no structure, no, no Tuesdays, this Thursdays, that no. Like before that was before the the governing bodies of of running Cronulla stepped in and said it's not sustainable to do ten k PBs Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, three weeks in a row. <laughs> And that, oh, that's what it was. And I remember Which it was is what you did. literally what I did. Yeah. It was Murph, ja- uh, Murph, Sharp, Harry, Squiz, you and Lara. Lara. Yeah. And it was just go. It was start. And three, I remember two, when one, I, yeah, three, two, one, go. Get dropped, bad luck. See you later. We'll see you there. This yeah. is where we start. This is where we finish. And I remember I, I was, I'd hold on to Squiz for dear life at the back of him. And I and I go into his slipstream. Yeah. That's, so a, that's, big, a, that's a big slipstream. That's a massive slipstream. Yeah. Fucking hell. So yeah, the f- yeah the, the four forty on Saturdays, and, and mate, the, the governing bodies also stepped in and said it wasn't acceptable to have a rule that you weren't allowed to turn up with no shirt with a, with a shirt on. <laughs> yeah, I know there was multiple shirts being taken off. <laughs> a few cotton allergies. You were. Yeah, but no, that was um yeah that's that's how it all started, mate. Elaborate on your time with us. I mean, you, you, as I said, you've been here for pretty much from the start. Mm. Um, you've seen it go through its ups and downs. Well and truly, and, yeah. And you've obviously seen what it's grown into yeah. in the year 2022. Talk to us a little bit about your experience and, and um, you know, yeah, your time running with the URC. Um, mate, it's just that the, it's just the people that it's opened 
opened me up to. It's it's like it's a f- f- massive friendship group. It's a massive family. And when like you work quite a lot and you don't have time to so to socialize uh, that much, the the mornings like three mornings a week to be able to socialize with anywhere between thirty thirty to sixty people. That's like gold. Yeah. That amount of time just with human beings is yeah. like gold, especially yeah. when you're when you're like in a pretty lonely world of business. Mm. To be able to spend time with people like that mm. regularly, and it is quality time too. Because yeah, I mean, obviously, you look at you've got the run itself. Yeah, uh, and obviously, you you know, you're able to chat with a handful of people that are around you. Correct. Depending on how fast you're running, someone or different every time. Yep. About something different every time. Yep. And also, like. That's that's the uh, the 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 environment, um, but the health aspect is like I don't think I've ever had mentally a bad day after having a great run in the morning. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. If I if I roll out of bed and go to work, shit will get fucked up. Yeah. If I'm fresh, I work out, or more importantly, if I run, mm. um, my mind's sharp. Yeah, it is interesting you say that because on the days when I mean I obviously turn up and run, you know. 9.8 times out of 10 mm. um, with our run group. But following that up with a swim, coffee, some human connection, some la- always laughter. Yeah. And then going to work on the roof all day. Yeah. I always, always turn up to work charged and ready to go. Mate, you'd be glowing on site. Yeah. And it is really, I have noticed like on the days, on the alternate days where I've decided, you know, I'm going to have a rest day today. Yeah. And I've just got up out of bed, had a shower and gone straight to work. Yeah. The day drags. Yeah. And I'm not as mentally sharp as the days that I've trained. For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously it sounds like you've, you find that as well. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... I mean, obviously, we've spoken about how the URC has grown and evolved and, and obviously what it's turned into this year. Yeah. How important do you think the the social aspect is? I mean, obviously, we are a run club. Yeah. But, I mean, I think what we have that actually makes this community what it is transcends running. I think running is like the vehicle. I think what we actually have, though, is more important than... Than running itself yeah you find that yeah for sure i think because running's not easy mm. um like well it can't like yeah you know it, it can be easy it if you can, want it yeah, to be easy yeah, yeah. but most of the time with the structure that you run there's there's difficult runs mm. and there's difficult times yeah and i think that because of what we go through with the running it brings the right people to the actual to urc yeah you know what I mean? Like yep. everyone's on the same wavelength. Yeah. Everyone wants the same thing. Yeah. Like I couldn't see a fuckwit turning up to URC because <laughs> it just won't happen. You know what I mean? You've got yeah. such like a there's, – there's such an energy about the group that everybody that comes into the group seems to be on the same – I agree. It's just like the same type of person. Same type of person. Um, Everyone wants to achieve something. They want to know more. They yeah. want to be better. Yeah. And by that, I think everyone in the URC is open-minded. Yeah. I don't think I'd have a closed-minded conversation with anyone there. At all. there and, and, mate, there is literally not a bad person in this group that runs with us. No. I'd probably be the worst, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> looking, at every, look at, looking at all the fantastic people there, I'm probably the worst person <laughs> of the URC. <laughs> Isn't that bad? Yeah, fuck. That's Guess so number old. two. Yeah. Should we redo the intro? 
We've got the worst member of the URC. <laughs> Let's redo it. Oh, mate. But, uh, but look, you are right. Like, because of the type of running that we do, it mm. really – this is fascinating because I think about this a lot. To make the decision – Running's hard, running's hard. Yeah. Right? Like particularly for people who don't classify themselves as runners or what we call like the um the, the social runner. Yeah. Or the part-time runner. Making the conscious decision to get up in the threes mm. or at 4 a.m. Mm. to turn up to a car park in South Cronulla to start running at 4.30 is already, that's the hardest that's the hardest. Decision, that's the hardest part. Right, yeah. that's the hardest part. For sure. And when you're getting 40, 50, some, this year I think we hit 60 in winter, um, t- making the decision to do that, mm. there has to be something more there that's driving the people to do that. Yeah. And, and it is like, it's really fascinating actually. Like when I had my gym and spending 10 years in the fitness industry, trying to convince people to make positive decisions for themselves was really difficult. Mm. Whereas you look at the structure of what we have and because it's a, a, a free community-based event, knowing everyone's turning up, they're not obligated for any other reason they want to be there yeah, or they're consciously making a decision to be there for themselves. Whereas in the past when it was transactional, I found that often people were turning up because they felt obligated to be there because yeah. they'd almost, it was like, well, I've made a financial commitment, so it's that's going to be enough for me. Yeah. Um, With the URC too, if you turn up, nobody needs to tell you to be better. There's enough motivation around you that you want to mm, be better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Not an ego thing. Yeah. But there is always somebody there that at any given run – that will inspire you to be better. Well, man, that's why I've kept this thing going for three years. When I first started, it was me and Mitch. He dropped me all the time. Yeah. And then Sharpie and Murph would turn up. I could never hang on to them. Oh. Harry Wiles, yourself. Man, I've been back of the pack since the start. That's, why, that's the only reason why this thing's yeah. still going. <laughs> yeah, legit. And that's, yeah, that's what improved improved my running mm. as well. Yeah. Um, but you, it's, it's right. You need to, you need to make a conscious, conscious decision to be better. Mm. And I, like when I first... When I first started running, I was doing before the 440. Don't we spoke about, yeah, I'll have a top up. We spoke about this the other day with Tills. Um, I was, I went from uh, living in the east to moving back to the Shire. I moved in with Tills' parents. Yep. And, um, sorry, I was going to have a sip. And I went from not eating much food because I didn't have much money to living with Tills' parents and having breakfast, lunch and dinner, like five course meals put on like 10 kilos in like the first three months of living with Till. I was a porker. And then um, I looked at myself, oh no, I weighed myself one day and I think I was like 85 or 86 kilos. And I've been 75 kilos since I was in year eight. I've been the same size since I was in year eight. Haven't weighed myself in a while, so I don't know what I am now Mm -hmm. with my muscle mass. Um, (laughs) But just generally speaking, before I met Till, I was like 75 kegs and I put on 10 in a few months and I was like, fuck, this has got to change. And... I started running. Till lived in Cronulla, near De La Salle, Cronulla. Yep. Um, and I'd do. I'd go down Harris Street uh, in Baranir, and I'd turn left on Woolaware Road, and I'd do the Woolaware Road loop, and I'd come back. And yep. to Till's a door, door to door, it was five k's on the dot, and I was doing that. Uh, I was doing that twice a week. Yeah, okay. And I remember my my first few runs. I was like at five and a half minute pace, and then after like a 
after like three or four weeks, or maybe four weeks, I remember coming back and saying to Till, I just did five Ks under five minute Ks. Like, this is fucking unreal. And then, yeah, then I started running with the 440. Yeah, right. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Mate, um, speaking of run routes, Woolware Road, and, and obviously starting to get into running a little bit more mm. consistently, we're coming up on 30 minutes. Is we've that got, really? Yeah, we've absolutely chewed through that. Fuck. Mate, we've got five questions. I call them rapid fire, but they're not. Yeah. I'm obviously happy to elaborate on all these questions, but they're five questions that I want to ask at the end of every couch conversation with anyone who comes around to my uh, five-bedroom luxury apartment on the yeah, South yeah, Island yeah. yeah. We'll start off with number one. Obviously, I haven't briefed you on these, so they're... Rapid fire. Rapid fire, spontaneous. I'm on the spot. Mate, favourite distance to run or race? 12Ks. T- 10 to 12Ks. 10 to 12 I say 12 game. because uh, I think one of my, fa- my, one of my favourite race runs of all time was the virtual city, uh, Southern to Surf. And okay. that was 12Ks and that was fucking terrible. But yeah. I loved every minute of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's not a bad distance. Mm. That uh, was another question favorite route would you say that was your f- is your favorite route or no okay Willoway road oh yeah right yeah that's where it all began it's where i made the con- conscious decision to start running so yeah, was a bit of an road. emotional attachment to big Willoway time road. and i know it pretty much house by house as well which is fantastic if you're in real estate <laughs> mr and mrs jones they've got a skip in out the front <laughs> this was a here? profitable run <laughs> <laughs> might have to pop down and say hello <laughs> very good um, so yeah, Woolaware Road. That's just that's where it all began. Now you've you were part of the first summer series, weren't you? Yeah, that was when we had the white singos. Yeah, yeah. Um, race three was Woolaware. The Woolaware. It was. Whip. Yeah. Do you remember how you went? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I I don't remember the time. Right. But I remember running really well. Yeah, if yeah. I don't say so myself, <laughs> I think I actually still have the data from that summer because series. that was my that was the distance that I really enjoyed at that time. It was like sort of like the it was like seven and a half. Yeah, k's, seven and a half k's. But yeah, that's that was f- good. Oh, that's a fucking hard. Seven you know and what? K's. So it's coming back to me. Pre calendar club, Loz Laneson and I in that summer series yeah. were like toe to toe. Yeah, every single race. Yeah, and that race in particular. I remember overtaking Loz at the Yacht Club. Yeah. On the way like, out or way on the way On the way down, on yeah, the way right. out. Yep, yep. And then I think I would have been about 15, 20 metres in front of her the whole race all the way back to Tonkin. Yeah. And then I've, I've boosted up Tonkin Hill uh, and then into the, the tunnel and so is she. And I've uh, – and then Loz has overtaken me and I've chucked the right to go up Croydon Street. Yeah. And I've started like – Heaving <laughs> while I'm running, yeah. and I remember just crossing the road and coming down past like the old that old uh, the old Yalasawa and, and that, yep. and then Loz just boosts past me and gotcha. she got me by like yeah twenty meters, no. and I and I and I'm like running down. That was the Woolaway Road Loop in Summer Series Classic. Oh man, I remember that morning vividly too because the sunrise that day was cracking. Go Spooner, you're nearly there. (laughs) I do remember that morning, eh? I remember. Oh, mate, amazing. All right, mate, upcoming goals. Um, Goals, running goals. Running, yep. I've got the, yeah, the Kosciuszko 50. 
um, in mate, December. Mate, you've been running so fucking well. Yeah. for that. Yeah. I had a day out with you in the mountains a few weeks back with Mick Chapman, friend of the show, a um, bunch of other guys. Is that that invisible guy? When he gets to a certain pace, he turns invisible? Yeah. I That's think him, he breaks hey? the sound barrier. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like this like orange flash. It is. Yeah. I've, so you've seen that too? I've seen that, yeah. I thought it was just me. No, no, I've seen it. It's interesting. Um, I so can't mate. wait for his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> me either. The wedding's going to be lit, Chapo. <laughs> can't wait, mate. Oh, mate. Cannot wait for that. Um, so, okay, upcoming goals. Cozzy 50. Cozzy 50. So first 50K race. Yeah. Well, never run 50K before. No. That's no. incredible. Yeah, not in one, not in one sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, you've done calendar club, you've done up towards that. Mm. But mate, Kosciuszko fifty, that'll be tough. That'll be a lot of elevation in that, or two two thousand meters elevation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And also the weather as well. It's pretty exposed up there, and mate. December, such a scat because time. it's because it's oh that's summertime, right? So and it's that's wedding season, wedding Christmas season, party yeah. season. Yeah, um, so that's actually quite an interesting time to host the race, and also obviously because it's alpine area, mm. there's not a lot of trees. It's no. When you say it's exposed, we're talking like it's windy as fuck. If it's windy, you're in yeah, trouble. I'm in big trouble, yeah. and I suffer from terrible hay fever. Do so you? Yeah, they're going to call me the sneezing runner. <laughs> yeah, here comes Sniffles <laughs> into the checkpoint. Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you hear you coming a mile. Yeah, away. amazing, mate. I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, it should I'm, be good. I've got to be 10 days before it. I've actually been offered a couple of tickets, but run season's done for me. Well, you can only take one ticket if you've been offered a couple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I've decided to take none. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody has a 27 one, my wife would like it. Has she got one yet? No. She's training for it, right, isn't she? She's training for it. Yeah, nice. Every night. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect type I of wish. training if you ask me. <laughs> um, all right, mate, we've got two questions left. Best URC annual event. Now, obviously, we've got some that you've been to this year. We've got one that's upcoming in the Christmas party. Mm. That's, uh, that can be it. Can be race. It can be social. Whatever. What do you think? What's your favourite? I um like what was what was the pub crawl thing the called mid, the mid year social the mid year social. Like obviously that that's haven't been in the Christmas party yet, but been able to like been able to Benny, be able Benny to shot forward to the future and chose the Christmas party. Who did? Dutto. Benny Dutton said, did. what's your favourite URC event? And he said, the Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hats off to him. and come back. Mate, he'll remember the whole thing because yeah. he doesn't drink. Yeah, I know. I don't remember the mid-year social. <laughs> I know it was loose as and me and me and Ryan were dancing in the... In, you and I had a pass. Man, we passed <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, the mid-year social was great. It was just good to see everybody that you, um, you know, like... You, 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 put in, you, you rip week, in with, yeah. you put in effort with, and yeah. everyone lets their hair down. Yeah. It was good fun. It, it was, was a lot good. of fun. No, that was good fun. Yeah, it was. Bit of tomfoolery going on that day. There was, yeah. Mate, one more question. Do you have a, a favourite motivational line, a quote, something that gets you out of bed in the morning, gets you going? Oh, yes. I actually, I was thinking about this. I listened to your, to, to Benny Dutton's podcast when I was on my way to UTA. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you said that, I don't have it like, I don't remember much like that kind of stuff. But one thing that's always stuck in my mind and I, I think about it every time I race or every time I do something hard, no matter what it is, if it's work, if it's running, if it's a workout, it's what David Goggins is like, when you think you, when you think you've hit it, 
you're only at 30%. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So when I think I'm gassed, I think to myself, well, fuck, you're only 30%. Mm. And that is something that always put, pushes me through. Allows you to push a bit further. Allows me to push through something hard. I love that because it's, yeah. it's amazing that you brought David Goggins up. I had mm. a conversation with him. It's a bit cliche. This week. It is. But. But he's, it's funny. His message delivery is hardcore. Hardcore. Right? But if you actually dig into his message itself, his message, all it is, is very simple. It's turn up and try mm. and don't quit before you're actually physically, ha- before physically, you actually have, physically to have to. Right? Yeah. And and that ties in perfectly with what you said. Like you always have more to give. 100%. Always have more always. to give. Um, so, mate, I absolutely love that. But, mate, that's, that's us for today. That's coming up on 37 38 minutes short and sharp been, mate, it's been unreal yep plenty of laughs it's the quickest appraisal i've ever done <laughs> yeah. but mate look i am looking forward to having uh plenty more guests on the show i'm sure we're gonna get some amazing feedback on this one and i hope to there's some fantastic people yeah, in the urc is. and As looking before, forward there's not one bad person there's not i'm the worst we've covered that today <laughs> yeah i'm we looking forward to the future here. you can yeah yeah but, mate, I, I think everyone's going to know you a little bit better. Um, I'm sure there'll be some, a lot of comic value from this uh, this interview or this chat. I don't want to call them interviews. They're not interviews. They're fucking chats. They're chats. A couple of mates on the couch. Chatting only. That's it. Uh, but, mate, thank you once again. Thanks, Wags. And I'll see you. Uh, what day is it? Thursday. I'll see you this morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's us. I love you, man. You too, mate.